it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by. Hey, guys. We're here this week for Top Fives and Deep Dives. This week, we're doing Top Five Favorite TV Characters. And before we get into anything, you guys just heard our new intro. Hopefully you liked it. It was played by one of our very best friends in the world, Zachary Wexelman, who was one of the crew in college, one of our closest friends, still one of our close friends. And he is also an incredibly talented musician. He has been writing and recording music for the past shit, man, probably over 10 years now. And so he was in a band in LA for a while called Space Cadets. Highly recommend checking them out. They're on Spotify, all your music platforms. And he now has started a new project called Real Topeka People. It's a reference to Almost Famous for all you all you movie buffs out there. Um, but yeah, his new, his new project is called Real Topeka People. You can find him on Spotify, wherever you listen to music. Um... They've got a couple tracks out right now. One is called It's Over. The newest track is called No Way and just came out a couple weeks ago. And, you know, there's not many people that know both Mike and me as well as Zach does. And so when it came time to thinking about an intro... I mean, there never was a second thought as to who had to be the person to do it. And luck- luckily for us, he was very enthusiastic about about doing it. And there's many, many layers to it <laughs> and little inside jokes sprinkled into the short, the short, whatever it is, 30, 45 seconds that it is. And, you know, he says top fives and deep dives with town and PTM. My nickname, if this hasn't become apparent at all by now, that many, many people call me uh, and have since high school is J-Town. And so a lot of people just call me Town. It's stuck to this day, even at 31 years old. And then Mike has always been called since college by many people PTM, which stands for Ponytail Mike. The long story short, he used to have a ponytail. Now he doesn't. It was a funny nickname back in the day, and it still is. So he's PTM. And anyways, this intro, I'm sure we're going to rep it all the time. We can't wait to have Zach on the podcast one of these days. But seriously, go check out his music. He is supremely talented. And I've been saying this for the last decade of every human being I personally know. There is no one that I believe in more in their talent 
and that I, I really believe that he will be successful in the music industry one day. Um, again, real Topeka people, you can find him on social media. He's on Instagram. He's on TikTok. And, you know, let me give, let me give the exact socials so that you can actually go find him on Instagram. He is the real Topeka people. Topeka is spelled T O P E K A for any of you that don't know. Um, and then you can find him on TikTok, where he actually has the most, the most content. Um, at I don't have my phone right next to me right now, but it is either Real Topeka People or the Real Topeka People. Um, so go check him out. We'll give you the official on that next episode. We love you, buddy, and and thanks so much for the intro. I mean, it's how epic is this thing, Mike? It's it's unreal. Z, you're a genius. We love you, brother. Thank you so much. And without further ado, I think, uh, you know what? Actually, there there is a little bit more to say. <laughs> There's more to do. There is more to do. A rare um, with more ado. Yes. And so I actually have to say one more thing about this intro. So if you notice at the beginning, if you listen back, there is sort of my voice playing over the beginning of it. And what that was, was Zach and I hadn't spoken in a, in a while, not for any necessary, not necessarily for any reason, but it had been quite a while. And I'd say it had been probably a solid, maybe six months, which is definitely the longest I've ever gone without speaking to him. And, you know, I was, I, I hadn't heard from him. I didn't really know what he was up to. I was a little bit concerned. I just wanted to check in on him, make sure everything was good. And I I called him up and I, I didn't, I got his voicemail. And the little bit playing there is from that voicemail, me checking in on him, just, you know, calling to catch up, see what's up. And I mean, it touched my heart when he put that in the song because I probably sent that a year ago at this point. And he, he saved it. And, you know, that means a lot to me. So anyway, love you, brother. And thanks so much for making the intro. Can't wait to have you on the podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. Top five favorite TV characters. Boom. Mike. Wow, what an, what an intro to follow our new intro. Me first, yeah? I mean, let's just, yeah, you, you're going to go first. But let's just say... I mean, it's as simple as it sounds. We're going to give you our top five favorites. The one qualification, the one the one rule, I'll say, was we could not pick two characters from the same TV show. So yes. it is going to be five characters from different TV shows. If you know me well, we won't say what, what show now, but there's a, there's a show or two that I'm quite obsessed with. And if I could have chosen one's all from one show there there could have been two or three from one show on this but with that said we found this to be a lot more interesting to do it this way and it definitely was so very excited and we'll, we'll definitely shout out those people afterwards in a, in a lengthy honorable mention section yes absolutely and so, all of mine are from 1990 or later so we'll definitely have more to shout out yes i believe well, we'll, we'll you guys all just have to see with mine. 
Um, let's fucking start it off. Let's jump in. Mike, what's your number five? All right. Number five. It almost feels weird saying it just at number five because all of these characters are so legendary. Number five. Not a surprise to anybody that knows me. It's Tim Riggins. Wow. Friday Night Lights, played by Taylor Kitsch. He is... Uh, He's basically out on there the entire show. He's in 68 of 76 episodes, but he's in every season. Um, well, I love Friday Night Lights. You love Friday Night Lights. Anybody that I can convince also loves Friday Night Lights. There's a bunch of great we'll – do, we'll definitely do an episode or two on them in the future, but there's also a ton of content out there. Uh, if you are into this show, there's, there's podcasts devoted to every single episode, so – I would definitely check those out if you're a stan. Uh, why I love Tim Riggins. So he, first of all, let me just say that he is not a sort of unique character in a lot of respects. I mean, he's just like another iteration of kind of the strong, silent type, the bully in high school that also we know is like has a sensitive heart. Um, he, I would say he's definitely in his best um, in his best mode when he's kind of more of a sort of protector character, maybe later on in the show. Um, but the the real reason that we love him is because while every character in the, the show is flawed at most, not, not most, many times, he is maybe the most flawed and yet always likable at the same time. And through, I mean, basically because he's guided so much by sort of his heart and his emotions even though he makes a lot of mistakes, you understand him completely and you um, you come to learn more sort of about yourself in the mistakes that he makes. You understand why he does them. You see why you would do sort of similar things. And, and in the end, you totally identify with his character. You're rooting for him solidly the entire time. And he's he's really, in my opinion, the only character on the show that you're actually like, 100% supporting at all times because you know firmly that his moral compass is in the right direction. I agree. He, yeah, you always want to root for him. And I mean, Mike said it best already. I would just be re saying everything he did, but I, I fully agree with what Mike said. And it's just, you know, a lot of people when, they talk Friday Night Lights. They obviously talk about Coach. They talk about Tammy. And they're also, I mean, Friday Night Lights has quite a few incredibly memorable characters. But I I am someone that agrees with Mike. And I think that Tim Riggins is definitely, definitively the best character on the show. And it's just, yeah, you always want to root for this guy you know his moral compass is in the right place and he's just he's just uh he makes mistakes he makes mistakes but his heart's in the right place and many of us i think can relate to that yeah i mean and and i don't want to i don't want to give any spoilers for the show because everybody should watch it but again even though he can be a bully at times you know just in the first season alone you know where he goes to Landry's concert where he starts, you know, helping out with the kid next door. I mean, you see that he's truly a, a more a deeply, you know, uh, sort of moral character. 
and best, I mean, Texas forever. He gives the best toasts of all time in the very first episode of the show. Here's to good friends living large in Texas. And also, I love you like a brother six, just a few episodes later. Just an absolute legend. Tim Riggins. So many lines. What, what a guy. What a guy. Timmy, we love you. Um, that is a great number five. And I will take us over to my, my number five, who is Kara Thrace, more commonly known as Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica, which is, you know, the the newer version of Battlestar Galactica, the more popular one that ran from 2004 to 2009. Starbuck is played by Katie Sackhoff. And she's one of uh, one of my absolute favorite TV characters. My favorite female character ever. Um, she's just such a badass and like can play. She can play so many different emotions. And I I think she's sort of like a tomboy on the show. Um she really is a total badass, but she also has that emotional and more vulnerable side to her that comes out. And it's just she has an incredible arc on the show. Uh, she's in 72 episodes out of 74. So she's she's in almost the entire show. Um, but yes, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, I know most people have heard of it. A lot of people haven't watched it. You know, there's always the running joke, you know, it's it sounds geeky or nerdy, you know, Battlestar Galactica. And, you know, anyone that hasn't watched this show. I am telling you, you are making a mistake and you need to get on it. It is just the 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 writing, the acting, the action, everything just comes together to create one of one of the better shows of all time, in my opinion. And the cast is incredible. So there's there's quite a cast to, to pick from. You've got Edward James almost as the absolute like main character. He's playing Admiral Adama. Um, you've got Mary McDonnell in there playing uh, this woman, Laura Roslin. You've got Jamie Bamber, James Callis, Grace Park. You might not know all these people, but they're they're people that get around tv so you might but anyways great cast katie sackoff she's my absolute favorite starbuck fucking legendary character i really don't want to say that much more because i think there's going to be a lot of people that haven't seen this show and i am telling you watch this show what i love about it another thing i love about it besides just how goddamn quality it is is they have just as many incredible female characters as male characters it's great ensemble cast and and katie katie herself i wish she got more work man she she's been in a lot but i feel like she she is a great actress and she deserves some bigger roles so love you love you katie and that's my number five yeah, hand up. You know I haven't seen the show, and you know I'll never watch it. So I'm very sorry, <laughs> Katie, and all the fine actors and actresses of Battlestar Galactica. This fucking guy, people. It's like 
you know, I, I can't even get that mad at him because he just wouldn't like it because he's not into these types. He doesn't like he doesn't love sci fi fantasy type stuff. But I will say if any of you are listening, say, oh, I don't either. This really is a show that is grounded a lot more in reality than you think. It's very much if it could be just on current earth and have plot lines involving action and politics, it's that's sort of what it is just with a sci-fi element to it. Really, really good. Uh, check it out and check out my girl Starbuck. Okay. My number four is a character named Will Smith played by Will Smith on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Wow. So obviously he's the main character. So he's in every episode, uh, all 148 episodes. Uh, well, pretty much the whole family is except for the whole on Viv thing. But anyway, um, yeah, so th- there's a lot to say about the show. I mean, I think the reason, I mean, one of the main reasons why he he himself deserves so much credit is because everything that you could say about the entire show is basically him. I mean, there there is storylines to the other characters, but he's tasked with carrying the entire thing. Um, and he delivers a show that is... Or what I mean was to me, I'd say when I first started watching it, it, it ran from ninety to ninety six. So as kind of a young kid, you know, a comedy. And then the more that you sort of watch it as you get older, you see that it's a very serious show. And Will Smith has to really work this fine line where he's making you laugh. You know, he's dressing goofy at the times and he's keeping you engaged, but he's delivering social commentary on so many important issues. I mean, there's so many episodes and so many subtle points that deal with race in the show. Um, There is obviously this whole kind of socioeconomic thing where even though everyone in the house specifically is black, there's, you know, Will Smith from uh, obviously a different sort of neighborhood. They're living in Bel Air. They have a butler. um, And there's, there's this whole, like a whole storyline about how this relates to the different people. Um, And then, you know, a big part of his character is that even though he is joking all the time, you know, he is, he accepts this role as sort of a father figure and a protector for the family, especially the women in the family, because he doesn't grow up with a, with a father himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And while he, he lives that role and he's, you know, admirable at doing it, he's also at the same time, just a kid. You know, and you really see how that could really affect someone, you know, having to grow up uh, too young um, and and how he turns it into a positive thing, but also how it really influences every single interaction he has over the course of the show. And it's just it's just a really smart show. Um, again, he does basically all of the lifting and it's, it's really one of the few sitcoms, I would say, from kind of before the TV revolution that we have now that stands up 100% to this day. You want to know something crazy, Mike? Yes. I like pretty much have never seen Fresh Prince. That is a big mistake. And I'm telling you right now, you should, you should start watching it and you'll just see how smart it is. Cause it's, it's so much more than, than really what I think people remember at sort of that like top line level comedy. 
dude, I I absolutely am going to watch it. I actually, it's come up sort of recently here uh, at home about watching it, and and I and I never didn't watch it by the way because I didn't think I'd like it. I just it obviously was airing while we were growing up. It was one of those things that just happened to not come on in my house really, and then we got to a certain age where I was more focused on movies and certain other TV shows. And now it's like looking back, so many friends loved it, still love it. I've got to get on it. Obviously I've got to check it out. Okay. So since you haven't seen it, I will mention two things as favorite moments and that's it. So one is more of a theme, which is like, will obviously has this sort of ego and bravado, but he routinely, um, interacts with very strong female characters and kind of has to be put in his place. Uh, and there's one, there's like a great episode with this girl in the gym where he deals with that. Um, and then probably you've probably already seen it cause it makes the rounds on the internet like every day where there's this one episode, not, not one, he does in many episodes, but there's one really famous episode where his acting is just incredible and it's super serious and it has to do with his father uh, leaving him. And it's just like, an unbelievable performance for, you know, supposedly a comedy sort of sitcom. Um, but th- I won't say anything else because I don't want to ruin it. You good man, you. So thoughtful. Um, well, another great pick. Guess it's time for me to hit my number four, eh? So, my number four. Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. FBI special agent Dale Cooper. Um, Played by Kyle MacLachlan. He's the main character of Twin Peaks, which originally began airing in 1989. Uh, Ran for two seasons. Was canceled and then was brought back for a third season just a couple years ago. Unbelievable. 25 years later, it came back for a season three that premiered in 2017. And again, without diving too deep into the plot, what's even more unbelievable about it was the way that it left off. There was something, it le- it leaves off on a big cliffhanger. I will say that really big. One of the biggest in TV history that had never been resolved and tied up in that was something about 25 years. So the fact that it ended up coming back in, tw- I literally am getting chills while I'm saying this. The fact that it came back 25 years later it's it's almost as if it was planned, even though it wasn't. Um, but anyways, Kyle McLaughlin, it's the role of a lifetime for him. And he's so fantastic, by the way. He's been in lots of great things, lots of movies, lots of TV shows. Him and David Lynch. David Lynch is who created uh, Twin Peaks and Partial is one of the writers. Uh they have a really close relationship and you know, Kyle's been in multiple movies of his um, blue velvet uh, Dune and 
it is really they are one of the dream teams for me of just like cinema so anyways if you've never seen twin peaks the very long story short there's a town twin peaks in washington small small logging town and they discover a high school girl named laura palmer dead and so they call in the fbi Dale Cooper is that agent that comes to town. He starts to get to know the people and it's a murder mystery trying to figure out who killed Laura Palmer. Um, Absolutely genius show. Truly one of its kind. Like there is no other show like it. Although it did end up paving the way for so, so many shows that came later because it was really one of the first serial dramas where they were able to do this long continuous storyline and also it's has a big air of mystery and some mystical elements to it and it it definitely paved the way for you know a lot of shows that would come later uh like you know your your lost of the world but yeah, love he's he's such a funny character. He he's I think what people love about him so much is he is so inherently a good person. Like there is truly not a bad bone in Dale's body. And typically when you think, you know, FBI coming to work with the local police, it's sort of an issue. It's totally different here. It's like Dale becomes like best friends with the sheriff of the town, Sheriff Harry Truman. And he has a lot of weird quirks. He always talks to his little, um, sort of like his little pager. He's always talking to this woman named Diane. And he loves a good cup of coffee, loves a good slice of cherry pie, and he just, you know, he likes some of the simpler things in life. And he's just very, very, he, he's the best. He gives like this thumbs up that's like an iconic, like sort of one of his iconic things that he does. But there's no way not to love this guy. He's, he's fair. He's kind. He's a good person. But he's also no bullshitting. He's going to get to the bottom of what's going on. So, yeah, he's one of my favorites. There's so many scenes I love with him, honestly. And what's even more incredible is in the third season that came out in 2017, Kyle McLaughlin ends up playing like, and this is the most minor of spoilers if you haven't seen it, but he ends up playing like three or four different characters. And it's just insane. The guy is awesome. But Dale Cooper... Absolutely love him. I don't think you could possibly watch this show and not love this man. He is one of the all-timers. He's he's on a lot of these lists about best TV characters of all time, and he's on him for a reason. Yeah, so I think you know this. I've tried twice to watch Twin Peaks, once with your set of DVDs. And I've made it to about the middle of season one. Uh... And I can't ever get past that. It's it's just not for me. But in what I've watched, uh, he is definitely a noteworthy character, and I've always found him enjoyable. And obviously, his performance is great. And again, I and one applaud you for trying to get into the show. 
also not surprised that it's, it ends up not being your thing because again it has some mystical elements and you don't like that you don't like that typically yeah, not for typically. me but like the pick thank you sir okay so my number three is i took a bit of a different approach with this uh this person is not an actor um so my number three is anthony bourdain who wow. was on a total of four TV shows, I think best known for No Reservations and then Parts Unknown, the show he did, um, his last show. Um, and, I mean, obviously you guys know he's he's a, a travel, he's a writer, and he travels on these shows, and they're all sort of food-based. But, I mean, he – I don't even know where to start. He won – I think that what he's most known for and what he deserves a lot of credit for is, you know, exposing people to these different cultures and teaching us not only about food, but sort of about life, you know, being open about kind of the flaws, um, maybe vices would be the right word that he's had and has, um, and knowing that he's kind of coming from a specific place um, and seeking this sort of almost release from uh, the stresses of our, our society into, into other places. Um, he, you know, if you look at the insane amount of, you know, young inspired chefs that we have, uh, today and, and even just the way that we approach travel, there's no doubt that his influence, um, has been widespread. And, and obviously, you know, with his passing, we, we were able to see the, the wide variety of people that he touched. I mean, he, you know, spoke out for, you know, immigrants coming to this country that often work in kitchens and obviously work hard. He spoke out against racism amongst all cultures. Um, and I think for me, most of all, what's what personally had an effect on me was, you know, him seeking uh, a constant sort of culinary authenticity, but then authenticity in people overall. You know, he loved street food and, and what would be at times called sort of peasant food, you know, various cuts of meat that we don't typically eat in the States. And that has 100% influenced me. It's influenced the way that I travel. It's influenced the way that I approach people and food. And it's just made such such an impression on me um, and obviously so many others. And I think, you know, what he's done uh, for, for people is simply can't be ignored. Uh, and that's that's why he made my list. Wow. Wow. Um, I respect that a lot. It's definitely a different approach. Not what I was expecting. Um, but you just explained that beautifully. And he's definitely a big TV character for a lot of people, even though he is a real human being. Um, yeah. Rest, rest I mean, in peace. Rest in peace to him. Such yeah, obviously, man. obviously, yeah, and uh, I mean a few, a few like great episodes. I mean the Iggy Pop episode in Miami is cool. I mean he always had, you know, he was a big fan of punk music, but he always had musicians on at different times. Um, the Parts Unknown episode in Iran is something that's like truly sort of eye opening. Um, it's just sort of the complicated culture that they have there and our relationship to it. Um, this is truly like one of the best like on the ground looks, I think, at their culture. One of my personal favorites, No Reservations. It's called Cajun Country. 
where he just goes, yeah, like not to New Orleans, but like sort of to the deep woods and goes to this like crazy barbecue party and like really feels that sort of authenticity of the people there. And the last one, I think everybody's seen it now, you know, but when he goes to Vietnam with Obama and they have a bowl of fud together, I always kind of thought it was a bit trite in all honesty. Um, but now seeing four years of a president who, you know, is deeply racist and obviously doesn't like many, many cultures, the, the power of the symbol looking back on it of Obama just sitting there in those plastic chairs in I don't know where in Vietnam, uh, I think it just gets more and more powerful every day. Wow. Yeah, the Vietnam one always was such a such a that's probably like the most famous one. In, in for theater, sure you know um great pick great pick um well in a very different i'm going to take it back to to fictional tv but my number three is a character from the hbo show entourage johnny drama Played by Kevin Dillon. Um, truly, truly, truly. I think the funniest character maybe in TV history. Um, he's so fucking hilarious. He's in the whole show. He, pl- he plays one of the main characters. You know, in Entourage, there's pretty much five main characters. There's the four boys. Vince. Johnny is Vince's older brother who's not quite as popular also is an actor and is uh, quite hilarious to say the least. So what's, what's very funny is, so it's played by Kevin Dillon, who's the older brother of Matt Dillon. And when the show first started, everyone thought it was extra hilarious because Matt Dillon, obviously at least back in, you know, the 80s and 90s, very popular, very popular actor. Kevin Dillon, not so much. He's been in that. So it's almost like he was playing his real, his real life self. What's very funny about the casting is that actually had nothing to do with it. It was not even considered. Um, it just happened to work out that way, which I find very funny. But uh, yeah, Johnny Drama Man. Yeah. Every line out of this guy's mouth is just on another level. He has so many incredible moments over the eight seasons of the show and the film. He's the most interesting character to watch, in my opinion. And I know that there's a lot of people that like Ari. Um, There's a lot of people that like all the characters. But to me, I was always a drama guy. His style, his brand of humor just gets me. And to this day, I know the show has ended quite a long time ago now. I still watch episodes because he cracks me up every time. And it's like, I got to shout out a couple favorites. So if you really want to see some some classic Johnny drama moments, you've got to watch One Day in the Valley, season three, episode two. Um, I know you're... It's just, I mean, I, again, I can't even really go too deep into these just because I just want you to watch them if you haven't. But if, if you're familiar with the show, it's the episode where Aquaman's premiering and 
there's a series of blackouts because of how hot it is. They end up uh, stuck in the San Fernando Valley out here. And out here in L.A., it's always hotter in the valley. It becomes a whole thing of the episode. Drama's losing his mind. And it leads to just absolute hilarity. Got to check that one out. You've got to watch Vegas Baby Vegas. Season 3, Episode 9. It's just insanely hilarious. Drama has this masseuse in Vegas that he always likes to go to to get sort of loosened up. He's stressed out, so he sort of like rents him out for the day. And I mean, that coupled with the plot line with Seth Green harassing the character of E, Kevin Connolly's character. It's an all time episode. But those those moments, you've got one of his best lines of all time in the episode The Day Fuckers in season four, season four, episode seven, where he talks about Jess Mancini. I'll leave it at that. You go watch the episode. And then, of course, you've got to watch The Resurrection, which is which is season three. Uh, Technically, episode 18, it's episode six of the second part of season two of season three. I'm sorry, Um, which is just an absolutely I mean, one of the most legendary moments of the show is the end of this episode. A lot of people were posting it as, you know, how everyone was feeling in the world after Biden's victory uh, for the presidency. So which is epic, by the way. Um, anyways, he's absolutely hysterical. I guess, you know, what? I'll give I'll give the Jess Mancini line just so that I can actually drop a quote of dramas. But <laughs> they're talking about being mean to girls and they're just casually walking down the street and drama just goes. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, mean? Mean is when I made Jess Mancini ride her bike home after I ass-fucked her. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking drama. (laughs) I really can't fault you for this pick. I mean, drama is is really the main comedic engine of the show, uh, which is obviously such a funny show. And he's, he's not my favorite character, but, like, he's obviously the funniest one. And he's just so... He's just so lovable. Uh, I mean, he, there's a few times, obviously, that he blows up at different people, but like, even then, like, you totally get it, and it's just funny, you know. He's he's not mean spirited really in any way. He's just, and he's just such a great brother, you know. He's it's such just a good brother. That's the thing. He's so endearing. He's such a good brother. He's so well intentioned, and you know, similar to what we said about. There's such different characters, but just similar in a sense to what you said about Tim Riggins. You know, the guy isn't yeah. perfect. But he has such good intentions, such a big heart, and he fights for his brother. You know, he's so, so loyal to his brother. Um, Yeah, one more thing I'll shout out about drama. I mean, Mike, how could I not? Is in season two, episode two, my Maserati does 185. The whole plot line where drama wants calf implants. Because he gets, he, he develops his whole thing. Anyways, it all ends up climaxing in drama, <laughs> accusing this guy of having calf implants. And the guy just pretty much telling him he's crazy. And of course, right after, he's like, whatever. He's like, whatever you say, Bo, but I'm not buying it. And then, of course, a second later, you see like a girl walk by with clearly boob implants. And drama just looks at him and goes, 
hers neither. You <laughs> <laughs> do shout out some absolute classic ones. I, I, the only one I'll shout out maybe besides that is mm-hmm. is uh, when he dates the like the the bodybuilder girl and he talks about how he held on to her lats. Oh it's just God. such a classic. And actually, that's that's a great segue for me because. One of the things I love most about Drama's character is that he is 100% Johnny Drama and he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. If anything, he thinks you're weird for not thinking exactly like him. You know, he's so genuinely, fearlessly him. And that's what that's a lot of his comedy, right? So true. And my character, number two, is also fearless. Um, and very much his own person, but in a very different way. So that is, this is also a show. This is one where it's a struggle to pick sort of the best, maybe not a struggle to pick the best character, but I would have considered several others had we not put that caveat in the, in the beginning, which is the wire. And my character is Omar Devone Little played by Michael K. Williams. And there's so many good things that you could say about Omar. Uh, but really, what is so amazing about his character is that he is, you know, in a show that's about sort of various, you could say kings, uh, of various types of people in, in government, you know, in the police force, in the press, you know, on the street. And all of them are deeply flawed. And he's really kind of again, one of the few sort of moral guiding influences, almost Superman-like at times. But what's incredible is that within that incredible badass superhero role, he has so much depth um, that he brings to it and really, really ends up being, for me, by far, runaway best character on the show. So he is... I mean, we we t- I, I mentioned it briefly, but he, you know, he's one of the few characters that really lives by sort of a moral code. Um, you know, he says himself, "I never pulled my gun on a person who didn't deserve it." He is a you know Robin Hood type. His basic role on the show is you know he kind of runs the streets by robbing uh, drug dealers and surviving, you know, the entire time. Um, always standing up for the community. Uh, and his major other facet is sort of his sensitivity. So, you know, he is a gay character. Um, he stands up for people in that community and protects them. And he really, you know, has the sort of ability uh, to love that that many people on the show don't have. Um, and then it's hard to even talk about it without mentioning that Michael K. Williams embodies the role so well. It's It's almost impossible to really, you know, disassociate the two but the fact that michael k williams has this insane scar on his face and then always brings it to these awesome characters it just adds so much uh, to omar just being an ultimate badass that i i just can't even handle it oh my god it's uh he's a great character i mean are he's another one of those characters that you find on so many of these these all-time lists um you know, I, as you may or may not know, Mike, I'm not as big on the wire as everyone else. Um, I think it's solid, but there's so many people that are absolutely obsessed. Think it's the best show of all time, best writing of all time, you know, and 
don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy it, and I especially can appreciate what, what like, is being done, a.k.a. just, like, what David Simon is doing and how incredible the writing is. The writing is incredible. And I don't know. It never fully did it for me. Um, Omar, I always thought was epic. I mean, he's, he's one, he's, yeah, probably the best character on that show. But, and there's so many, like, there's a lot of people actually on that show. A young Michael B. Jordan. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've actually, Mike, I've been meaning to revisit it and watch it again. It's been a while. I haven't watched it in about a decade. Um, oh, we'll have to do some eps on it. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah, because maybe I'll think differently now that I'm a little bit older. Uh, Maybe I appreciate some of it more. But yeah, I always personally always thought it was a little bit overhyped. The show, not not Omar. Um, But I think that's a great pick. Great character pick. Yeah, and just some quick moments. This is another one where I won't give anything away, really. But uh, when you come at the king, you best not miss an absolute legendary quote that everybody on the show knows and just uh i won't really say the circumstances but omar on the stand actually testifying in court about how like his job is that he robs drug dealers is just it's such an epic moment from the show but i don't want to give the circumstances because it will just give it all away well I guess I'll give you guys my number two. My number two is Jack Bauer from the Fox show 24 played by Kiefer Sutherland. Um, Man, Jack Bauer is one of my just, I mean, obviously do per this list, but just one of my absolute favorite characters ever. I think the first, Twenty-four was the very first show ever that I became obsessed with, like really obsessed with. I started watching with my dad when it premiered um, back in, I think it was two thousand and two. Um, but it's it's I love the show. It lasted nine seasons, eight seasons, and then they sort of had a a continuation a few years later, but uh, actually 2001, by the way, when it first aired, but first show I ever fell in love with would watch with my dad and like, man, Jack Bauer is just so fucking epic. Like say what you will. 24 isn't going to go down as the best show ever made. And they had some seasons that weren't as strong I will put the first four seasons of 24 up against any other show in history. Like the fucking adrenaline pumping, the twists, the turns, the action, the characters. It's just incredible. And and Kiefer Sutherland, I mean, there is no better role. Like he's an absolute legend, but this is the role. Like he was born to be Jack Bauer. He... He has the emotional side. He has the fucking absolute badass side. 
he he does everything and he's a very flawed human very flawed and like some like a lot of these characters that we've been talking about or a few of them at least on our lists he doesn't always do the right thing sometimes he is sometimes jack is a little bit morally questionable and that's all part of the role it's you know he's this counter-terrorist agent that is always trying to save the world you know he is the guy that when there's a terrorist attack when they're you know when the safety of the united states or the safety of the world is in jeopardy he is the guy that you want there on the front lines trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and trying to save the day and the depth they're able to get into his character over the course of the a course of the series it's incredible there's such a great supporting cast around him of sort of his family and the other people that work at CTU, which is the counter-terrorist unit. Um, mainly takes place in L.A. There's a couple seasons that take place other places. But, oh, it's just so good. Like, there's so, so, so many moments that make me scream out loud at the television. and go And, and it's not just... You know, I say, oh, it's the first show I ever fell in love with. So, yes, of course, I do have a special attachment to it. But I've rewatched the entire series with a couple friends out here in L.A. in the past few years. And it 1,000% holds up. They had both never seen it and were going absolutely apeshit throughout the whole thing. There's one scene I wish I fucking had had my like phone out to take a video of their reaction. But there's just one scene in season four that's so incredible. And when what happens happens, just everyone went the, the the other two guys just lost their absolute shit and were like jumping up and down on the couch screaming. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, but I love him, man. I mean, I wish I wish there was like one more season of the show because I sort of I felt like there was just a little bit more to do before closing it all for good. But what are you going to do? He honestly was was maybe even going to be my number one choice. I, I truly think there's not many more iconic TV characters or more like just absolute symbols like Jack Bauer. You know, anyone in the world knows Jack Bauer when you say Jack Bauer. It's like there's not that many characters like that. No, that's definitely the, a big thing. And I was going to say, if you are younger than us or you really just weren't sort of following at that time, I mean, Jack Bauer and, and you know, talk about not being able to disassociate characters. Kiefer Sutherland overall, like his character became such a cultural icon. This persona of who he was was just known by everybody for just being this sort of ultimate badass, almost like a James Bond character, um, but but come to life in a real way. And he is a great character, and 24 is a great show. And and there is some, you know, I think Nina is an underrated character. President Palmer is always great. I mean, there is more to the show than than Jack, but obviously he's so strong that it's, it's, it's hard to really look past it in, in a lot of ways. No, but dude, President, President Palmer, you said President Palmer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, President Palmer, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, he is such a strong character. And if if we 
ever do a list of best fictional presidents, he would definitely be on mine. He's incredible. And it's like, for sure, for sure. You know, a lot of times there was there was slight critique of 24 at times um, about some more conservative leaning stuff on the show. And man, talk about paving the way. I mean, not to not to sound utterly ridiculous, but they had. So the president in the show, President David Palmer, he's a black president. He's one of the best characters on the show. And keep in mind, this show premiered in 2001. And there really hadn't been anything else like that on TV or in the movies that I can personally remember or recall at the moment. And in my mind, as someone that this really was a big part of me growing up, I I mean, not that I, we already should have been there, but part of me thinks that 24 played the maybe the smallest role, but it's like the smallest role in paving the way for us finally having a black president, which there should have been so much, so much longer before that time. But, you know, Barack was elected in, you know, sworn in in 2008. And I think 24, one of the most watched shows of the 2000s, perhaps had a little something to do with paving the way for that. Do you think that's ridiculous of me to say, Mike? No, I mean, I think I think it's fair. I mean, obviously, you know, it it it's we love the show, and so I think we're we're giving it some credit. But it is a ballsy choice, um, and it and ultimately, when you see the, he, President Palmer becomes a force in himself, right? It is really hard to imagine someone else in there that's not him, um, mm-hmm. and maybe that's that's part of the testament to it, right? Is you don't ever there's never a moment in your mind where you're like, oh, it's kind of you know, interesting or weird that there's a black president. He just is the president and he's awesome at it. Totally. Shout out to Dennis Haysbert who plays him. Um, and yeah, one other character I just want to shout out from that show is Tony Almeida, who is sort of Jack's right hand man. One of his best friends. Uh, he also works at CTU and he's just an absolute legend. I think he was a character that, Maybe I mean, he's very well loved by big fans of the show, but he had some arcs that were very questionable later in the show. I think they sort of did a little bit with his character that was not Schwartz, we'll say. Uh, But he's awesome and another top top character. Uh, But Jack Bauer, absolutely love him. That's my number two. Yeah. Okay. so number one, uh. I will preface this by saying this list is actually really hard and and this you know one thing that we had actually sort of talked about beforehand is that there's no female characters on my list um, which is not something I, I tried to do there's many more in my sort of shout outs it was a difficult list to come up with there's a lot of things that I wish I could have included also older shows um, that unfortunately really didn't make my top five but all that being said as soon as we came up with the topic of this episode, there was never a doubt who my number one was going to be. It's very easy for me. That is Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World, played by William Daniels, who is basically only known as Mr. Feeney. He was also on St. Elsewhere in the 80s, uh, which was a big show, obviously, but nobody our age knows that. Now, before I get into this, you're not a Boy Meets World guy, right? I have only seen one episode ever. Okay. 
Well, that's that's acceptable. I mean, if you've ever seen the show, uh, like, okay, there's obviously people that haven't seen it, but if you have seen it, then there's just universal love and praise and acclaim for Mr. Feeney because he's such an iconic character. Um, but I mean, since you haven't seen it, I think it's obvious, but he is the, you know, he's a teacher who is always their teacher every year, basically. Um, he later, you know, he's the neighbor of the main character, main family, I should say, the Matthews family. Um, then he, you know, he retires for a bit, but then he ends up teaching um, at the the college that they all go to. So he's always there. He's always kind of the teacher sort of guiding force principal type guy, let's say. Um, I, I would say that the, the criticism of his character is that unlike everyone else we've described, and there is sort of a trend there, is that he, he is not flawed in any way. He is extremely one-dimensional. I mean, they develop something, you know, he has sort of a love interest at, at various times, you know, he has different hobbies and things like that, but he is a 100% sort of perfect guiding force. And while that sounds like a criticism, what it allows, uh, basically allows every other character on the show to make mistakes. Um, that's the kids, obviously, like when they start, they're in sixth grade and they go all the way up to college. But that includes parents, you know, other teachers at the school, you know, all ages, you know, also everybody that you could possibly imagine eventually goes to Mr. Feeney for advice. And, and his advice isn't always perfect, you could say, but the point is it allows the development of every single other character on the show um, because you know that you can get um, the, the, the right thing to do, let's say, from Mr. Feeney. And this is extremely important because it's a kid's show, right? So it's made for a younger audience mostly, and therefore you need – uh, you you need that person there to teach you sort of right from wrong, you know, and and that's why, while some of the other flawed characters are maybe more iconic, he is the most important character, and I will, I mean, not to get too sort of personal with it, but you know when I basically, the entire time that this show was running, my my own dad worked uh, two jobs, so he wasn't really around very much just for like my young childhood and there is also something really sort of meta about this show you know ending in 2000 and kind of there's so many you know characters well there's like two main characters that basically don't have a father then there's several you know there's another teacher that also becomes a father figure and mr feeney always kind of blurs that line and it, it's really you know the age that we're all going into the internet and kind of separating from the typical sort of nuclear family in this show is packed with father figures that are kind of there to teach you right from wrong. And I am not overstating when I say that I regularly think about things from the show in my own life, like making processes and decisions about sort of where I, you know, point my own moral compass. Dude. That was my Moebius World rant. You've just convinced me to watch it. Let me let me give you some some Mr. Feeney moments and quotes. Because you will appreciate them having not seen them. So one, you don't have to be blood to be family, which I 100% believe is true and is extremely important to me. Uh, the Let's see, the, they're the very last episode of when they are... Well, anyway, I don't want to say it, but there's, like, there's basically uh, this moment where they're all sort of 
leaving the class, you know, and, and they're like, we want us to know if you have anything left to teach us. And he goes, believe in yourselves, uh, dream, try, do good. And uh, like the smart character, Topanga goes, don't you mean do well? And he goes, no, I mean, do good. I, I think about that all the time as well. And I'd say maybe the last one is the last night of the show, basically. He gives this this great analogy about how, you know, people are moving on and things are changing. And he talks about how he um, has a, a, a plant that he had in a pot in his house and he's had to take it out and put it, you know, outside into his garden so that it has room to flourish. And that's something that I think about so much. And I'm, again, I'm not going to lie, was something that I referenced when I made the decision to move to the UK because like that idea of challenging yourself um, so that you can expand and not be sort of the big fish in the small pond thing is, yeah, it's something that I really hold dear. Those are all so good. Mr. Feeney. And there's a lot more serious stuff too. There's one where like Fred Savage, who obviously people know he's done a bunch of shit, but is, you know, the real life brother of Ben Savage who plays the main character. He's sort of like, it's a kid show, but like he he, he kind of like me basically sexually assaults like a character. Mr. Feeney goes off. Like there's a lot of like more serious stuff that he helps with, but there's, there's just too many lessons to, to, to put into this one episode. So, Watch some Boy Meets World. You will like it. I love it. It's had a big impact on me. Mr. Feeney, you're the best. Dude, I'm seriously going to watch it. All those quotes were and explanations were incredible. Um, Holy shit. Well, after that epic number one, going to bring it over. Going to bring it over to mine. My number one. There never really was a doubt for me. And it's John Locke from Lost. JLD. JLD. John Locke Destiny. No no character has impacted me so much in my life. Similar to Mike's, how much, you know, Mr. Feeney has impacted him. John Locke, the show Lost as a whole has just impacted me so much. It was it was the second show I ever got addicted to after 24. And it truly, truly in the most, I know it sounds so cliche, but it, it truly changed my life. It changed, it helped me grow up as a teenager and shaped some of the ways I think about the world and shaped some of my beliefs some of my thoughts on destiny and fate and just spirituality. And it really, 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 you know, my brother and I both watched it religiously growing up. Um, a handful of our friends did as well. And I mean, I can go on and on about lost, but this is more about John Locke. So, you know, lost, I love it. It's, you know, one of, one of the greatest shows of all time. But John Locke, I truly believe, is the greatest character of all time. He starts the show as, for anyone who's unfamiliar, they all crash on an island. They're on this, this plane, Oceanic Flight 815. They crash on an island in the middle of the South Pacific. 
and John Locke is one of the characters. Great ensemble cast. He's played by Terry O'Quinn. Um, and we find out, you know, spoiler alert, very early in the show, but in the fourth episode, Walkabout, the twist at the end of the episode is we find out that John Locke was in a wheelchair before the crash. But the thing is, he's been walking since the plane crashed. And it's sort of our first taste into seeing, you know, a miracle happen to this guy. And so obviously he's going to be someone that perhaps believes in fate and destiny. And the big pull of the show is pretty much this big, this big argument between science versus faith. And, you know, Jack Shepard, who's the main character played by Matthew Fox, he's the man of science. John Locke is the man of faith. And it's really just like Locke is so, he encompasses so much. And it's just so many of his beliefs, I believe. I'm not a very, I'm not a religious person personally, but I do have some spiritual beliefs and some of them were started in part to this show and and to this character and it's just you know he always he believes in fate he believes in destiny he believes things happen for a reason and it's 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 unbelievable to see his journey over the course of the show and i won't give any spoilers as to where it goes but i will say that pretty much his his goal is to turn jack from a man of science to a man of faith and he has some absolutely legendary lines along the way so many incredible episodes that that episode i mentioned number four of season one walkabout is one of his best and terry o'quinn i mean the acting for this role is just insane he i know he was nominated for emmys i believe he may have won. Um, yes, he won in 2007, which I believe was for season three, um, Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, and and was nominated three different times. So absolutely incredible. I think most people would agree he's one of the best actors on the show, and just so, so many epic moments. I mean, I could shout out episode after episode, but I'm just going to say watch the entire show. It is amazing. But the first episode where he really takes off is for episode four, Walkabout. And just a couple random quotes. I mean, there's the iconic lines. There's don't tell me what I can't do, which you're going to get. You go watch it. You'll see. If you watch the show, you know what I'm saying right now. But there's don't tell me what I can't do. And... There's just so many struggles with Jack. One of my favorites is when Jack looks at Locke and he says, I don't believe in destiny. And Locke says, yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. And you'll see. You'll see. John Locke has a way of being right. Um, Another great one from him. A leader can't lead till he knows where he's going. Mr. John Locke. Facts. Um, absolute facts. But I love this man. 
I could go on and on about him. But he just... He's got that special something, man. And he he really takes you along on the island's mystery. And he is he's the character that wants to... He wants to learn all the island's mysteries. He's there trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And he believes in all the all the mystique that's going on around them. So John Locke, he's my number one. Highly recommend watching Lost if you haven't. There will definitely be an episode regarding Lost at some point. Yeah, as you know, I made it about halfway through Lost. And obviously Locke is, you know, such a powerful character. Um, you know, uh, based on what you've said and from what I've seen, obviously he's not going to be the character for me necessarily. Big shout out to Echo. He was my guy. Love uh, Mr. Echo. But, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously, you know, Terry O'Quinn's amazing and he's such a powerful character uh, to the show that I cannot fault that pick. Speaking of Mr. Unless, Echo. Yeah, we knew it was going to be him. Oh, we all, anyone that knows me knew, knew who that was going to be beforehand. But anyone who doesn't know me, you probably had no clue. So go watch Lost if you haven't. Um, but yeah, actually speaking of Mr. Echo, that's an epic exchange. When, you know, John at one point in the show, he says, don't, what does he say? He says, don't mistake fate for coincidence. And Echo later says, don't mistake coincidence for fate. Ooh, love that exchange. Yeah. Um, anyhow, John Locke, number one. Mike had Mr. Feeney, number one. Let's give a couple honorable mentions. Mine are quick, so you want me to just shout them out? Yeah. So, all right, if if I had any other guys from Lost to shout out, I know they're the other main characters, but for me, they're the best. I would have either picked Jack Shepard or Sawyer, James Sawyer Ford respectively played by Matthew Fox and Josh Holloway. Um, Hank Moody from Californication, David Duchovny. Love that character. I also love Tim Riggins, who Mike picked as his number five. Summer Roberts from the OC, played by Rachel Bilson. Big fan of her character. Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, Nick, played by Nick Offerman. Absolute legend. He definitely was someone I was like, shit, I, I sort of wish I could get him in. Um, Jay Kalina from Kingdom played by Jonathan Tucker I think Jay is one of the better characters of probably the last 10 years of TV for me Um, and of course I have to shout out Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad played by Aaron Paul but I'd say that's I'd say those are my real the ones that I actually you know juggled around a little bit thought oh could I get any of these guys in there's so many more I love but those are the ones I'm going to shout out you know, I'm I'm happy to go out on a limb and say that I never considered either main character from Breaking Bad for my list. Uh, even though, like, if you do, you know, search the top list of TV characters, both of them are very, very high. And I don't actually like either one of them. I mean, Breaking Bad is wow. amazing, obviously, you don't like but Jesse? I don't really like. I don't really. No. Wow. I'll admit that I don't really like Jesse. Fuck, man. I'm, I'm sorry. But I love Breaking Bad. It's incredible. They're both great characters, obviously. They're just, they're not my favorite characters, really. All right. Sorry, Jesse. Uh, But yeah, Um, let's see. I've got a a million honorable mentions, but I'll throw out a few. 
So you mentioned uh, Ron Swanson. I would say Parks and Rec is a big one on my list as well, but not uh, not Ron Swanson specifically. It's really the trio of ladies there. All of them are amazing. Amy Poehler, Rashida Jones, and Aubrey Plaza, all great. Um, I had very close to the top uh, Sweet D from Sunny. I, I had trouble putting nice. it in the top five because it's. I, I always get – I'm very conflicted whether Caitlin Olsen or Danny DeVito is really the best character on the show, and they're both so great that I think I got maybe a little tripped up there. Dude, um, that's so funny. We have such opposite tastes with Sonny. Those are from, I mean, I love all five characters, but for me, I would have to decide between Mac, Charlie, and Dennis. How dare you? <laughs> for, sure, for sure, Caitlin Olsen's my favorite character. There's no doubt about that. But she is, she's, she's personally my least favorite. Okay, this is a whole other podcast. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna get um, into this argument another time. A little bit older, both Peggy and Kelly Bundy on Married with Children, which is like my first sitcom love, uh, which just missed my list. Um, and uh, I think someone like maybe uh, a newer one that I'll throw out here is uh, Gretchen from You're the Worst is ah, okay. an awesome character. That you could sort of that's newer, let's say, um, that I think people should look out for. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I was honestly surprised my honorable mentions didn't have an Office character or a Game of Thrones character, but yeah, Game of Thrones I stand by. Office maybe I'd throw on Michael Scott, but uh, he is a fucking legend. But man, I thought these were great picks all around. This this was yeah this was fun. It's very hard. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I've said it a bunch of times, but like I, I watched so much like Nick at Night when I was a kid. So like all my favorite shows growing up were like Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, Gilligan's Island, Happy Days, Green Acres. Like, and I love all those characters, but like, there's just such a, you know, TV has gotten so much better over the years in terms of the quality that goes into it that it was harder to really pick those. Yeah, but, uh, it was fun to go back and really, there's just so many to choose from, um, and we came up with such a different pick. So I'm glad we've all different picks, which I love because I, I I know we thought, oh, maybe Tim Riggins will be on both of ours, but, but yeah, he he just didn't quite make mine. Um, yeah, great different picks, and dude, actually, you just like triggered me with one of the comments you just you just made, and actually, someone that I have to shout out, really old school pick, but either either scooby or shaggy from scooby-doo has got to be on my honorable mentions massive scooby-doo fan here and fucking love those guys i think yeah i think for me it'd be shaggy if i had to pick between the two yeah it might be for me too i think but they're just absolute legends um love that. great shout out but yeah man this was fun i can't wait to, be, to do some more along these lines yeah, and and of course we I want to hear all your different lists. So Justin, where can people find us? Yeah, please tell us your favorites. Give us your top five. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at Top Fives and Deep Dives. On Twitter, you can find us at Top Dives, and you can email us at Top Fives and Deep Dives at gmail.com. Please do. We want to hear your top five lists.
for sure uh, yeah it's been a hell of an episode make sure to check out real topeka people zach's new project tell us if you like the intro and uh we'll see you next week awesome thanks thanks everyone be safe peace